Welcome. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource, and joining me is Steve Cotton. Steve's the CEO of Aqua Metals. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good, good. And I was going to say, for, for those that are not familiar with Aqua Metals, can you just tell us a little bit about the company? Sure. So Aqua Metals uh, was founded uh, with the concept of introducing a new technology to a very large global industry uh, for lead battery recycling. And it's about a $20 billion plus market for the lead metal. And the current methodology for recycling is through a process uh, that's called smelting. And it's ex exclusively used from the operators throughout the world that are recycling these batteries. So the good news is these types of batteries, unlike a lot of other chemistries, are recyclable. But um, the smelting process does have environmental challenges and also product quality challenges. So what we set out to do was invent and prove a new technology called aqua refining that um, is a hydrometallurgical process. So we basically use water, organic acids that are biodegradable, and electro electrolyzation to recycle uh, lead as opposed to the process of 3,000 plus degree furnaces and fire to do the same thing. And because of the way that we do it, we re the result ends up being very high quality product, the highest purity in the world perhaps at 99.996% pure, which is important for the future of energy storage. But most importantly, um, it's a great upgrade for an existing industry that has an opportunity to really improve sustainable practices as it goes into the future with improved product and reduced environmental impact. Okay. Are there cost advantages with this too or, or just the other two? So um, the co there are cost uh, comparators in terms of the uh, process that we use as compared to the process that's out there today. Uh, interestingly, the process that's out there uh, today is getting more expensive because of the environmental stewardship requirements that is being imposed upon battery recyclers uh, uh, from the regulators and the frankly, the court of public opinion. And uh, that makes it more and more expensive to maintain the environmental um, uh, containment of the incumbent process of, uh, of, of the way that it's done. And when you look at our equipment from a cost perspective as compared to a standard uh, methodology with a new build, it's co competitive in many markets. And if you look at um, the operating cost of making the lead metal and recovering it through our process versus the incumbent process, that's also competitive. And we expect over time um, there to be a further gap where it, it could be favorable to Aquarifine in all cases as compared to uh, the incumbent processes as we continue to mature and grow the technology and deploy it uh, through licensees that we're seeking out to uh, deploy it with. And then... In terms of the total market that you guys are addressing, how big is that? So if you look at the lead metal market that is in the recycling world uh, for uh, lead acid batteries is about a $22 billion market, um, and it's growing. And that's part of uh, – uh, that's the key ingredient of the $65-plus billion market, um, which is lead acid batteries. And uh, that market is growing, and uh, some people may think that lead is being replaced by other chemistries like lithium, et cetera. But um, the world of energy storage has a lot of growth and a lot of different chemistries. And um, 
uh, lead market is being driven, the lead battery market is being driven by more cars are being put on the road. Many of those cars that are being put on the road have two batteries in them uh, or more instead of just one. Uh, and that's for the start-stop systems um, for stop lights and stop signs to stop the internal combustion engine. If it's an electric vehicle that's being put on the road, um, that's driving market growth because uh, electric vehicles also have lead-acid batteries in them. Um, the lithium uh, drives the powertrain. The lead-acid battery does basically everything else. And um, if you look at solar, wind, grid stabilization, grid-level uh, energy storage, uh, those markets are growing, and, and if you look at the Internet data center market, uh, which is a space that I spent quite a bit of time in, that's still growing at a very rapid clip, and uh, most Internet data centers have uninterruptible power systems with lots of backup power um, to bridge between the utility, which continues to uh, falter sometimes, and keep those servers running through the battery backup to get the bridge over to the generators uh, and then back over to the utility when the utility power returns. So all those things in sum are really driving the growth of uh, energy storage and particularly in lead acid battery world. And big, good size market. So is it, is it a crowded space trying to help for the, for the issues that you guys are trying to help for or, or are you alone or, or how do you fit into the competitive landscape? Yeah, so really the, our competitor is the incumbent process, and um, uh, there hasn't been any other technology that's a viable alternative to um, strictly smelting the, um, the lead, 100% uh, of it. And um, our process actually takes 50% um, uh, of the lead. Um, when you break apart a battery, half of it is a metallic form, which does not dissolve through our electrolyte, and that goes through one path. And then the other half of it goes, uh, which is the paste and the lead compounds, gets dissolved into electrolyte, and that's our half. And so uh, working with the industry to fit our process into the existing facilities, as well as design it into new builds, um, so it's like an upgrade or design in uh, the new technology as we go forward. And we're the only b business or company that has um, commercialized and proven at a commercial demonstration level uh, what what you can do as an alternative through the aqua refining process. In fact, we we generated in 20, late 2018 and in 2019 about 35,000 ingots, um, uh, which weighs about uh, enough to fill up 55 tractor-trailer truckloads and sold those to our, one of our investors and partners, Clarios, formerly Johnson Controls Power Systems Division, um, who is the world's largest battery manufacturer and, in fact, enjoys about 40% of that global $65 billion market. And so uh, we've demonstrated it commercially. Um, Lead-acid batteries have been made from the process by the world's largest battery manufacturer. And we feel that um, uh, uh, the industry is uh, its a great opportunity for the industry and, of course, for aqua metals to propagate. Now, where are you in the process of taking this technology to market? So um, we started with uh, pilot systems and then um, uh, built um, in 2015 uh, uh, and 16 a um, and commissioned in 2016 our Aqua Refinery, which is a 150,000 plus square foot facility about 30 minutes east of uh, Reno, Nevada, in the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center. And we scaled uh, the technology in, in that plant, um, uh, the Oak Refinery, through 2018 and 2019, uh, and we were operating at 24 hours a day, seven days a week, at about 25% of its planned capacity. 
uh, and uh, consistently produced super high quality, 99.996% pure lead, some of the purest lead in the world, and uh, sold that, like I mentioned before, to Clarios. Uh, and then unfortunately we had a fire event um, that was not related at all to the technology or the processes, but instead um, while we were preparing to scale the plant from 25% capacity to its full 100% of the plant capacity, um, uh, we had idled equ equipment and processes, washed the plant out, and had union uh, trades and other trades uh, in the facility working on uh, various uh, uh, related projects like electrical and plumbing and welding and things like that. And uh, unfortunately, there was a fire on November 29th of 2019. And we had to decide from that point forward if we were comfortable enough with what we'd already proven and uh, um, uh, accelerate going into the equipment supply and licensing technology of what we've proven or go back and rebuild. And we decided uh, uh, the former and um, decided not to uh, stay capital heavy and do a rebuild, but rather um, take what we've already proven and get it to the marketplace as quickly as possible. So in, in that process, what we're doing now, uh, and we have a great financial runway to do it because we're saving um, dollars from the insurance collection and um, ultimately from asset disposition and uh, are able to fund the process of uh, taking our learnings from the uh, uh, what, what I call version one of our electrolyzers, um, where we ran about 24 of them, uh, and uh, put, incorporate those minor improvements, case hardening, remote monitorability capabilities so we can support our customers in the field through a program that we call 1.25. And we're running um, a, few, a few electrolyzers between now and uh, the summer and the fall. And we'll get those improvements validated as we continue to engage and talk with the commercial licensees and move forward hopefully with the deployment by 2021 of aqua refining technology for the first time in a retrofit situation and or a new build situation. So e even though you're not rebuilding, do you, do you still get uh, reimbursement from the insurance company? We do. So um, to date, um, we've collected $15 million. So um, uh, that's $1.5 million. Uh, and um, uh, the, the, the nameplate on the total insurability of the plant, um, inclusive of business interruption, was $50 million. So we are ag aggressively continuing to pursue the continued collections of insurance proceeds to get um, to or as close to the $50 million mark um, as we can achieve. And while we're doing that um, and continuing to collect and uh, uh, continuing to fortify our runway, um, we've begun the process of some asset disposition because when you choose not to rebuild, there's assets within the facility, plant and equipment that we can sell back into the industry and um, uh, those types of things. And then ultimately, when we complete the process of validating our case hardening effort with the 1.25 through the summer and the fall, we could um, have sold the building, um, uh, which is inclusive of the land, the 150,000 plus square foot building, uh, um, to a new buyer and harvest that cash um, to continue to fund the ongoing Capital Light Equipment Supply Licensing Technology Company. You're, you're in a pretty interesting area too, that Triarch. Yeah, we really like it. Um, you know, uh, a lot of famous names are um, our neighbors, things like Tesla, 
Gigafactory and uh, Switch has, is a huge data center um, operator, like I mentioned before, with a huge battery farm, by the way, uh, that's, that you can see right out of our conference room. And Microsoft, Google, Apple um, has some space not in TRIC, um, uh, Tahoe Reno Industrial Center, but uh, right down the, the road. So it's an it's a opportunity zone, and uh, because of that, a lot of businesses are there, and um, there's a lot of continued interest in businesses to get there, and the land is all sold. Uh, and so now it's um, down to just resale. So it's harder to get in there. And so we think that ultimately we have a marketable, uh, uh, great building uh, and opportunity. And the fire only took out um, a little bit of the facility in terms of the flame part of it. Uh, and there's a firewall between the oak refining area that, that suffered the most damage and the rest of the plant and building. So all the office space is intact. And um, the, uh, we suffered a little bit of uh, water and um, smoke damage and things like that in the main part of the facility, uh, but it's, it's for the most part intact, and um, that's where we're operating our 125 electrolyzers, and then we're doing a little bit of demolition recovery to clean out um, the oak refining area that suffered the damages, and ultimately that, uh, that building um, will likely be home to uh, um, another industrial um, operator that needs good office space. Mm-hmm. And, but Steve, without the facility, how do you demonstrate the technology and what, what gives you the confidence in being able to just show the technology alone without uh, doing it yourself through your refinery? Yeah, so um, that's a lot of the uh, evaluation that we did um, after the fire is um, deciding had we proven enough. And when we really looked back at it, um, being certified as uh, a North American-led supplier to the largest battery manufacturer in the world, running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, with the, the throughput through the machines, of, uh, it's, it, for the machines as they were configured, it was about 2.4 tons per day, um, uh, metric tons uh, per day of lead produced, and we did that. And uh, we did that at the, at the purity and consistency level. We cast that into ingots on a full production ingot line and made truckloads of the stuff, and batteries were made out of it. And so we believe that that uh, proves at the fundamental level, um, uh, execution level through the commercialization of the technology, that the technology works. And um, now on a go-forward basis, we think that um, we don't need the large scope and size of the facility to continue to demonstrate um, incremental improvements like the 1.25 program and beyond, um, that we just need a very small amount of space. And in fact, we, uh, before we built this facility, had um, a very modest uh, uh, space in Alameda, California, um, that we assembled um, the electrolyzers, 96 of them in total, um, to uh, ship to our own uh, operating plant in about five, 6,000 square feet and um, we're able to do that relatively quickly. So uh, uh, while we were doing that, we also had demonstration test units uh, along those lines. So we have the uh, ability to continue to evolve the technology and support the technology, assemble it, and the equipment supply, um, through, but we just don't need as large of a facility. So we th we'd rather harvest that cash and uh, fuel the company's future from that than from um, uh, dilutive or other types of sources. So. So how close are you to being able to market the technology? So we already are marketing it um, and have been uh, for some time, uh, uh, the latter half of 2019, and have had built a good um, sales funnel in addition to our partnership with Clarios. So um, we're in a unique position because, um, uh, again, Clarios being the world's largest uh, battery manufacturer that enjoys 40% of that $65 billion market, 
we have a contract with them where they have a first mover's advantage to deploy the technology, um, and they have to do uh, that by um, June of 2021. And um, it's not just Clarios owned recycling facilities, but they recycle about half of their batteries, and then they um, toll or pay uh, standalone uh, recyclers to recycle the other half. So um, our agreement spans North America, China, in Europe uh, for their and their top two suppliers in those facilities. So we're working with them on nominating um, the appropriate facility um, that we think is the best um, uh, for the first um, site that will have aqua refining outside of our own aqua refinery that we operated. Um, but while we're having those negotiations and, and discussions with Clarios, we're also talking to other players in the market. And in fact, since uh, our last um, uh, earnings call when we uh, uh, indicated to the market that we were accelerating our licensing and equipment supply efforts, um, we've received a fair bit of inquiries and um, have continued to engage with other players in the industry because um, you, know, you have to sow the seeds with uh, the various players. And ultimately, if um, we can't work out a deal with Clarios between now and June, um, we um, would have other opportunities, and uh, Clarios would still be a, a part owner of the company and um, have bought all the lead off of us. And uh, in that scenario, they would continue to, to um, work with us to ultimately find the technology into the right spot for them and their network if we find something sooner. So that's, that's our plan is to really make sure that Aquametals gets the best possible um, uh, scenario for the first deployment because that will be a very important deployment. Uh, are there any other strategic partners? Yes, there, there have been two other um, strategic partners in addition to Clarios. Um, the first one was actually um, uh, Interstate Batteries, and they are um, uh, a battery brand that you know many of us have heard of, and you've got Kyle Busch and the, uh, the NASCAR and uh, the Interstate Batteries um, ad campaign and all that, and they don't actually manufacture the batteries. They primarily sell the batteries that Clarios manufactures, and they saw what we were doing and were quite interested in both um, uh, getting us feedstock because they're the world's, or not the world's, the nation's largest um, recycler with over 20, 25 million cores a year. Um, so 20 to 25 million used batteries per year, they, they uh, sell and then recover and then uh, put back into the recycling network. So they invested in the, in the company and um, uh, uh, became our largest feedstock supplier for while we were operating the plant. And there's still long-term opportunities and dialogue um, uh, with them on uh, what the marketing of a green, organic, clean, higher-performing battery might look like. Uh, um, and uh, that, that's, a, that's a possible future with Interstate. The other strategic partner um, uh, is Veolia, and Veolia is one of the largest operators of plants in the world. Um, they operate many municipal water facilities, sulfur plants, uh, uh, etc., and um, they uh, were very interested in our technology, and as they put it best, that the world needs aqua refining. And so we ended up agreeing with them on an operations maintenance and management contract and uh, that commenced in early 2019 as we were continuing to scale the facility. And the intention there was not for them to land a contract in one plant in Reno with Aqua Metals, but to learn about the technology and process and operation of it. So when we positioned the technology and equipment supply to licensees, Veolia um, can offer their operations, maintenance, and management services to operate mm -hmm. these facilities. 
uh, on behalf of the licensees if they so chose to do so. So, so those are kind of the, the other two big partners in addition to um, Clarios. And we continue to talk with other potential partners in the industry that we think could help us with our ecosystem. But certainly when you know, you've got one of the world's largest plant and operators and chemical companies uh, investing in aqua metals, and you've got the world's largest battery manufacturer, and then the nation's largest battery recycler and marketing organization, um, we feel like we're, we're definitely on to something here. Now, will you be licensing the technology or selling uh, a machine? So the answer is yes and yes. We'll, um, uh, the way that the revenue model um, would look on the go-forward basis is that um, we will find the appropriate licensee that uh, agrees in concept to our sales and technical proposal, which they get for free. And then we go on towards what's called an engineering package. And that's much like when you hire an architect. Um, to design uh, your, ho your home or a building and the, or an expansion, et cetera, you're paid um, as the architect to do that. So we, as the provider of that engineering package, would design everything in great detail, and that could be six figures or even low seven figures for a, a very large facility. And then um, once that um, uh, the engineering package is accepted, um, we get deposits on equipment, and we become the equipment supplier. So we go from services revenue to services plus equipment revenue in that stage of the game. And we'll provide the um, awk refining equipment that we um, have with our um, suppliers that we would um, uh, make for the end customer just like we did for ourselves with the 96 electrolyzers that we made for our own plant and ship those and have services revenue associated with deploying and commissioning and customer acceptance. And then um, their ongoing licensing component of it would be around um, just not only the right to use but a running royalty um, that, that um, uh, we'll be asking for uh, the licensees to be paying us, which is a common thing in industry. And we feel confident we'll be able to get a running royalty because the premium value of the ultra-pure aqua-refined lead as compared to the commodity value that you see in London Metals Exchange tables um, for lead and all other base metals um, is higher. And we were paid uh, and proved that we could be paid that premium. Uh, we were paid a premium by Clarios um, that was significant uh, uh, for the lead that we did produce in the plant. We think that we can get a, basically a piece of that um, premium value and uh, the licensee gets uh, the rest of it. So uh, that, and that's then the beginning of the relationship because once the equipment's deployed and it's operating at the licensee's facility and we're collecting a running royalty, the plan then is, of course, to provide upgrades to the equipment for greater throughput, reliability, um, uh, additional expansions or add-ons to a facility that we already went into, maybe um, uh, design it into another facility, and continue to grow that relationship and that revenue. Um, uh, uh, from um, and again, uh, uh, it's not only our equipment; it's our equipment plus um, strategic uh, suppliers that are part of the aqua refining process, and that includes things like um, very large ticket items, um, like um, a kiln heating system in the front end that um, uh, prepares uh, the uh, material for digestion that goes into our concentrate production. And on the back end, after the machines make the spongy lead, there's a briquetting system that um, uh, is uh, bespoke and customized for the aqua refining process. And so we're a little bit of a systems integrator in addition to those other areas, uh, and so see a lot of uh, dimensions for, for, for the revenues that the, the company can seek. And then who, who are the potential customers? About how many of them are out there, and, and how are you going to reach them? 
Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of um, uh, battery recycler operators um, because it is a global industry and every country needs batteries and batteries to be recycled. Uh, and so it's all over the world. And um, we've identified uh, a good list of target of, you know, we'll call it between two and 300 um, uh, good quality candidates, uh, first candidate sites. Um, uh, that we believe are, are good for us. And so those are the ones that we're targeting and talking to. And some of them are calling us, et cetera. You know, some of those are owned and operated by Clarios and their partners. Uh, others are obviously uh, owned and operated by other companies um, and standalone battery recyclers. So there's quite a bit of a market that's out there um, that we see uh, throughout the world. Now, it, it sounds like uh, you have enough money, uh, enough runway for your plan, given the insurance and the possible building sale, et cetera. Is that correct, or do you think you're going to need to do a raise? So uh, uh, there's no plan for a raise at this point in time, um, and uh, our, our plan and intention is to continue to harvest the insurance money, harvest cash from the asset disposition, ultimately inclusive of the land and the building, and then transition into a revenue-producing uh, company. But you know, we faced as a business two calamitous events in a very short period of time, one being the fire event that happened uh, in late November. And then, of course, all of us have experienced COVID-19. Yeah, and, how did that uh, affect that, you? That, that slowed us down a little bit in the physical manifestation of getting this um, electrolyzer 125 going and um, with the shelter in place, but we were able to get back into the facility pretty early on. The nature of our work requires us amazingly to wear N95 masks and uh, PPE anyway, so um, uh, it's a safe environment. And so some of our employees that are associated with that effort are there, uh, and others are um, uh, uh, inclusive of myself for, for uh, uh, the majority of the time are working out of home office and um, staying safe if it's not necessary for you to be there physically working on the machine. So, um, uh, but I was also going to point out that um, we did establish um, uh, an at-the-market um, uh, uh, offering uh, if we so choose to use that in the future. We felt that that was important as a fiduciary responsibility to the company in the event that a third calamitous event um, uh, comes uh, and you know we could see COVID-19 turning into COVID-20, for example, and slowing things down. Um, and if the insurance collections don't go as planned or the asset disposition doesn't go as planned or any combination thereof, um, we have a safety net that we can bridge uh, through that ATM, uh, only what we need uh, in the event that we need it. But again, the plan uh, is not to use it, uh, but to have that as a safety net in the event that we, we did need that in the, at some point in time in the future. Okay. Uh, it, it sounds like uh, you have an interesting technology, but is it protected? So from a protection and IP perspective, we have um, a very strong IP portfolio. We have um, uh, many patents that are issued to the company, uh, in addition to many uh, that are also pending. And um, on our investor presentation, you can see on our website, there's a nice map on one of the slides that shows how uh, global the span is. And we um, have invested a lot of effort and uh, money and time into making sure that these patents are broad and that they're defensible. And um, we have patents issued from ranging from China to Indonesia to Korea to uh, um, uh, some of the uh, uh, Russian Republic um, uh, throughout Europe, parts of Europe, of course, the US, and uh, et cetera. So we, we feel very good about our intellectual property protection and uh, the, the sophistication of that. 
Um, as we look out over the, the rest of the year, any uh, upcoming events or catalysts? So really the, um, the upcoming events and catalysts from our view is uh, getting the 1.25 electrolyzer um, uh, program uh, launched. And we've said that we are going to um, uh, get the first one um, launched by uh, July 4th, and so that date is, is coming up. And uh, so that followed on by the iterations of the electrolyzers are going to be very important events for the company. Uh, and then ongoing partnership discussions and establishing more friends in the industry that are going to uh, help us and support us as we deploy um, uh, our efforts towards getting aqua refining, I think are important things to look out for, uh, as well as our um, success in signing up our first licensee, be it Clarios or um, another alternative. And uh, those are all things that are uh, coming up in the coming uh, months, really, not years. Very good. Anything uh, before we go that I failed to ask or that you want to let everybody know? Well, Jeff, I think you covered it with a, a lot of great questions, and um, uh, it's a really interesting inflection point for this company. I would just conclude by saying um, we've got $180 million of uh, um, effort put into this, this water under the bridge at this point, and we've got a great technology that um, uh, is IP protected that we've proven and we've got some great partners um, uh, shoulder to shoulder with us uh, and great plans for the future and uh, a good cash runway to help us achieve it and an insurance policy in the event that another calamitous event comes upon us. So I, I feel like Aquametals is in a really interesting inflection point and in a, uh, one of the best positions that it's been in, 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 its, in its relatively short history as the company really was founded in late 2014. So um, in its short history, we've been through a lot, but we're at quite, at quite an inflection point. Very good. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story. All right. Well, thank, thanks very much, Jeff.